Hello, everyone. We have called an emergency interview with Alyssa Dela. Um, this is our first time doing an interview with her. Also, our first time getting kind of an outside perspective as far as uh, their feelings on the PTO, the PTO rankings, all of this other stuff. Um, so we can just chat about like how your season's gone so far and like where you're at. Yeah. Um, I would say this has been kind of a disappointing season for me, um, in a lot of ways. Um, I think maybe I thought coming out of 2020 then, oh yeah, like we get to race again, this is going to be great. And I've just had some, um, just disappointing finishes. Daytona was great. Um, even crashing my bike finished 11th and then um, Miami was good. Finished right behind Sky in sixth, I think, um, with, I mean, a, a really good field. And then, um, yeah, just struggled a lot at St. George with um, just like some mental uh, demons, I would say. Um, and then, I had low iron, so Des Moines didn't go great. We didn't realize my iron was low and then found out afterwards. And then, um, yeah, I kind of decided to make one last push for points at Boulder. And I live in Indiana, which is 800 feet above sea level. And that did not go awesome. So, um, yeah, just kind of sport isn't linear. You don't have, I say linear upward progression and I'm definitely experiencing that. So just kind of grinding it out and hoping to have some good results at the end of the year. But yeah, so it hasn't been great. Well, 2019 was a great year for you. Um, obviously capitalizing on that and then getting third at Huntington in 2020 crashing on your bike in Daytona and still getting just outside the top 10 is pretty incredible against a stacked field that's there. Um, so this week, it came out that um, the Collins Cup, all the selections have been made, things like that. And then one of the automatic qualifiers, Heather Jackson, has pulled out of the race. And um, they have now filled that slot with who they have considered a captain's pick after the cutoff date. Um, how do you feel about Collins Cup, PTO, like where that's at? Because obviously they've done a lot, a lot for the sport in the interim. Um, since Ironman kind of fell off last year. Uh, but where we're at right now is kind of different. Yeah. I think they really did a good job last year and in, in stepping into the gap a bit and putting up prize money at places. Um, we historically didn't have them, but they were having races, um, which is great. I think they're kind of experiencing maybe some hiccups with their first year of doing Collins Cup that they obviously didn't really foresee and has led to, I think for a lot of people, maybe a feeling of division um, rather than kind of the union aspect that they were purporting to be when they first kind of came on the scene. So um, I think a lot of, or I guess I can only speak for myself, but I, I know I personally have been fairly disappointed throughout this process. Um, and I, but I can also appreciate that they're having growing pains. So I extend them grace, but I think they've made some missteps. Yeah. Do you feel like the ranking system has been inherently good or bad in any way? <clears throat> I mean, I think just, I think it's a bit flawed in that 
they are using it to select for, you know, half distances. It seems like a lot of these championship races are, but yet it's still really heavily weighted towards Ironman women. So I kind of like women who do, or people, men too, who do full distances. Like, I just think it can be a little skewed in that there are women who I have beaten the last, you know, how many times we've raced at halves, but then they do full Ironmans and do well. And then they're ranked ahead of me. So there's like just some, and maybe they'll be, beat me at fulls, but I don't know how you kind of fix that. And then if you're using it to select for races that are shorter, it just, it feels, I don't know. It feels a little strange to me. Cause to me, it's like your rank, it would be like, I, I have a running background. So it would be like ranking 1500 meter runners and 10k runners in the same list based on their individual races but you know weighting things differently and it just like it it doesn't like you should weight them all the same like a Mm -hmm. half is super hard for what a half is on that day and a full is obviously super hard for what it is on that day but we don't you know like but you're both racing as hard as you can so just that feels inherently flawed um yeah so yeah what about how they're treated this year versus every other year because last year they they combined race results from 2019 and 2020 and Mm -hmm. then this year you had to do at least one race but in your situation um doing multiple races kind of would put you at a disadvantage as opposed to if you had just done one race, you would have got 80 points plus your points from the last couple of years. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's a flaw too. And that like, in some instances, it then encourages you not to race yeah. in order to hold your best position, which maybe that's like the risk you take racing, but that's the job is racing. So it feels kind of strange, but then, but then that's also why they have like, you know, your best average or whatever, like in the normal year going forward, isn't it going to be like your three best races? Three best races. Something. So yeah. if you're going to have an average, then you need to just look at that. But then they were talking about using like, looking at like my most recent races and using that as reasoning for discluding me, which I'm like, okay, I get, I do get that. But I also understand that you need to also understand that people go through, have tough races and things happen, but Mm -hmm. I've obviously shown the potential of this very recently. It's not a 2019 race for me two years ago. It's races from the end of last year and this year. So it's just, um, yeah, I think that's a little frustrating because I guess I should have stopped racing in March is kind of the moral of the story for me is I should have and then should have had a race scheduled the weekend after their window closed so that I could prove my fitness then so which is what happened um so the automatic slot did end up rolling down um I think we could all agree automatic slots should probably roll down to the next highest ranked athlete and then if they decline it the next highest the next highest the next highest um that slot, I believe, did end up rolling down um, to Sophie. He's injured. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Lindsay Corbin, who declined their spot, mm-hmm. uh, which then would have put you next. Mm-hmm. And then after you would have been Meredith Kessler, Leslie Smith, Sarah Piampiano, and then Jocelyn McCauley, which Jocelyn was the one that ended up getting that slot. Do you feel like they missed the mark on that on automatic selections? Yeah. And I think that's where like, it's a, hopefully, I I don't know, but then they, I guess here's where it's disappointing is like, they had it pointed out to them that that seemed wrong the way that they did it. And they just kind of pushed back and pushed back and pushed back that they can make their own rules. Yeah. 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 And, and it's like, okay, yeah, you actually can do that, but it, you, I don't know, but you have to understand what that feels like to your athletes who think that it's one thing mm-hmm. kind of by logic. And then you're like, well, that's not our logic. So it doesn't really matter. And it's our decision which is fine. It is your decision. So I guess, but also don't be surprised when people are kind of upset by it because it just felt really shifty, I guess the way that they did it. Yeah. Um, And yeah. So, um, what do you have to say to the people that say that you should have just got the automatic slot and then you wouldn't have to worry about it? My response is duh. Like, (laughs) duh. Do you think I wasn't trying? Like, I mean, yeah, you, you could do it too. Why didn't you qualify? Like get out of here. I mean, fine. Sure. Yeah. I'll concede that point to you, but. And have you spoken with the PTO about this situation? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just going to read. I want to read the statement from the PTO captain. I don't want it to make you upset from Karen. It's okay, I've seen it. <laughs> Did you see it? Okay. Yeah. So uh, she says, it's not about politics, but about performance at this team event. After the cutoff date, and it then rolls into a captain's pick, all alternatives to replace any athlete who is injured or unable to race is at their discretion. As team captains, we do all we can to field the strongest possible team under the circumstances at the time we were required to make a decision. A slightly higher ranked athlete who has not performed well will not serve on the team. We are trying to win the competition against the fiercest opponents. Uh, That's kind of heavy. Yeah. Um, I feel like there maybe needs to be some reform on captain's picks and decisions. Uh, I don't know if if it's written anywhere in their bylaws or something like that, um, or if it's something that, you could then voice, um, but from where I'm sitting and we've talked about this, it seems that they may be focusing on the top 10 athletes and forgetting about your other 90% of your pro field, which is what, um, other race organize other race organizers have done in the past. Um, which put us in the situation of why the PTO was created in the first place. Yes. Um, so what does that look like as far as like reform for the PTO, for the captain's picks for the Collins cup moving forward? Um, well, in an email to me, it was stated that this is your union too. So 
if you feel like captain's picks shouldn't be a thing and it should all just be based off, um, you know, qualifying points in your, your ranking, then express that opinion. So I think what, what I really think, I think they're in an echo chamber. I think their athlete advisory board is all people in the top 10 to 20, probably people have shifted now, but like, it's all, they're all up there. They're all known names. They're all, you know, the people we've known forever. So I think they get a lot of feedback that probably, you know, validates their decisions. And I think if people feel like, I mean, I just kind of feel like captain's picks shouldn't really be a thing. I think maybe they think it makes it exciting or something, but I think to athletes, it just feels like you can make a pick that's really left field. When I've been striving against what I've been able to see, which is the rankings that you have. And so then to have something come out of left field just feels very much like a slap in the face. So I think that if a lot of us, if more, I mean, if it's just me that feels like cap- captain's picks are very subjective and make it very political, that's fine. But I think if other people feel that way, you need to, you need to email them. You need to, you know, Instagram them. You need to flood their inboxes with that opinion because they're, I, I really kind of think a lot of things have come up the way they have because they're in an echo chamber of people agreeing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of us who aren't ranked in the top 10, our voices maybe aren't heard as much. And so we kind of have to make our voices heard. Yeah. Do you also, do you think that athletes that do get the auto selection and choose not to race, should they be penalized or anything like that? Or is it just a, yeah, I mean, I don't really think so. Like, I guess some, maybe some of my, like, you know, opinions about this come from having come from running where some people have made, you know, I think ITU and the Olympic selections for triathlon are really political and we've seen that. And that's one thing that like coming from running, I loved about running was that it's, there's nothing subjective about it. You show up on the day, you are top three or you're not, you have the A standard or you don't. And then if someone gets hurt or someone just said, I'm not going, it goes to the next person. And then if that person gets hurt, it goes to the next person. If that person, and it just goes down the list and there might be something written that it can't go farther than whatever. I don't know, but I think as athletes in sports that are very black and white, I guess I just don't really understand why it can't be like that. If we've worked all year for rankings that then can mean nothing when it needs to mean something just feels. And when you go out of your way to race races, so like 2020, whenever they came up with all of these races, the people that did everything right, I mean, you, Justin Metzler that go and do all of these races for them that raises awareness for the PTO raises awareness for, um, just like your normal grassroots races, then you should be awarded for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. And I think that's a problem. I mean, that's a problem that's just inherent to triathlon and how it has grown up in that, like, unfortunately for us, you don't have lots of race organizations to choose from. Like we have two, I mean, so we're just kind of stuck. Like, and 
that really stinks. And I think it kind of stinks to see someone that said they were going to be this union for us that felt like, okay, maybe this is going to be someone who's going to like, just actually make it professional. Like, I guess it just kind of blows my mind that you could be like top 100 in this sport in the world and still just be like making nothing, considering quitting, working, you know, however many jobs to do. It's just like, but, but they're this union that doesn't care. Like you would think that they would care about hundred, the hundredth person, the same as the first place person. Cause we're on the top 100 at something in the world, but like, it's still this thing that it's only the top 10 and that, I don't know. It just, I think it gets hard when you've been in it for this long and it feels like your worth is just really dictated by how you break. See your, see your number on a, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And when it's clear that your union sees you the same way, your union, I'm going to put that in quotes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, thanks for joining us today. Um, do you have anything else you want to air out? No, Talk just about? that like, I, you know, I, I, I spoke to Charles and he's a nice man and I appreciated him taking the time to talk to me. Um, I just think we have fundamental differences of opinion about how things went down but I don't like I don't hold any ill will towards PTO or you know I'm still excited about what they can do for the sport I think it is exciting and should be exciting I just think that the rest of us who are not in in crowd need to be willing to use our voices more because I think that we're in a situation where there's fear to kind of bite the hand that feeds you and if any change is actually going to happen, we're going to have to say some stuff. Like we're going to have to raise our voices yeah. and not fear that because nothing will change otherwise. Yeah. And it's not to take anything away from Jocelyn, obviously. No, not at all. Yeah. Jocelyn, I, I don't, nothing away from anyone who took their spot, right? Like yeah. it's an amazing opportunity. This, this thing was amazing. Um, you know what they're doing. So of course, anyone who gets offered it is going to take the spot and Jocelyn like good for her. Like she's worked really hard to get back into fitness after a baby. Like that's awesome. All the women who are on the team are amazing. You know, good for them. I do not fault anyone for taking a spot that was offered because it's the leadership leadership. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So, well, thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you again soon and seeing you on the race course. Yeah. Can't wait. All right. <laughs>